the portfolio has evolved. We are very focused on making it very comprehensive. We have global reach. We have integrated solutions. We have invested in managed services. It was very important to have an expert engineer actually interact with the customer early on and design and know what's in their LAN environment, what's actually happening, what do they want to do at the end of the transformation. So when you are actually doing a test and turn up or a physical site cutover. Welcome to Conversations with Des. I'm your host, Des Blanchfield. Today, we have the privilege of being joined in the studio by Rupesh Chokshi. Now, Rupesh is the Assistant Vice President for Edge Solutions Product Marketing Management at AT&T Business. Rupesh, great to have you on the show. Thanks for making time to join me. Super thrilled to be here today, Des. It's been a long time coming, right? So I appreciate you having me and I'm looking forward to our conversations today. Indeed, long overdue. Now, we had the privilege of chatting uh, recently on camera, so it's great to have you back on the show in podcast form for our uh, listening audience. Now, uh, let me just briefly introduce you, and then I'd like to sort of get a couple of uh, uh, quick highlights of your life. But uh, So by introduction, Rupesh leads the Enterprise Edge product marketing team uh, at AT&T Business. They're challenged uh, with the whole focus around product management, strategy, and business development. In fact, Rupesh manages a significant global portfolio of market-leading innovative technology solutions. The Edge team are uh, responsible for the challenge of transforming services and networks using software-defined networking, or SDN, network function virtualization, or what we call NFV, and software-defined wide area network technologies, uh, and otherwise referred to as SD-WAN, which is the key topic of today's conversation. Uh, so much so that AT&T is actually, uh, to address this market, have developed software-based solutions at the edge to create value for their customers that are agile, scalable, and these solutions encompass uh, encompass uh, SDN, NFE, and SD-WAN, as I mentioned, but they also uh, encompass the likes of the emerging technologies uh, such as 5G, uh, voice over internet protocol, or VoIP, which we've had for some time but are, are, are transforming, and new and exciting spaces like the Internet of Things, which we'll get into soon, or IoT. Uh, Rupesh, it's great to have you here. Um, you know, how's life uh, in general in 2020? How are you coping with uh, all the things that are coming at us, uh, I guess, both personally and also uh, work-wise? What, what's changed this year? A lot has changed, right? <laughs> uh, Big question, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> A lot has changed. And uh, so the first thing is, you know, we're, we're all safe, we're all healthy, and, uh, you know, the family's doing great. And uh, we're just... Uh, learning to deal with the, the pandemic and what we have to do and uh, do our part to make sure that, you know, uh, everybody stays uh, safe, healthy and sane. Uh, it has taught us a lot, right? I mean, we've come closer as a family, the amount of time that we spent and, uh, you know, we've kind of figured out some of the television shows that we can sit and, and watch together and my... <laughs> My my kids are loving that. So I love it. So it reminds me of the years of uh, people sitting around the BBC radio. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Here's the news at nine, you know, and, and all the families sit around the wireless box and take it in, right? I think uh, I, we found a similar thing with our family. It's like you know, once upon a time, people might go off to their corners with their devices and watch things. Um, you know, we're sort of less likely to tune into the seven o'clock news at seven o'clock, but more likely to watch it stream. But we're finding now, as as you said, that we're. Uh, gravitating to things that we're doing together, even if we're watching different content, listening to different content, we, we sort of like to be in the same room together. Uh, I personally miss all the travel. I miss being able to get in a plane and uh, zip around the planet. And I certainly miss 
the opportunity to catch up with people like yourself in person at events. But uh, at the same time, I guess, as you said, we've, we've pivoted and we're uh, making the most of it. And, uh, and I guess work-wise, it's changed things in, in a number of key ways. But uh, it's probably, in essence, uh, you know, business as usual in as many ways as possible. You're just using different tools and technologies now to get to that end outcome, I imagine. Yeah, I, I, you know, I agree. I think work-wise, different tools, technologies, you know, different kind of engagement uh, <clears throat> methodologies, et cetera. And you know, I miss the, the you know, face-to-face -face interactions, the travel uh, too. But we've pivoted, right? We've started to do, you know, even some of the customer interactions that I've done are over the video conferencing, et cetera. We do, you know, stand-ups with the team over video. We've... Uh, done some fun sessions you know i had the other day my daughter comes and sing a song and uh, a colleague of mine had his son play some guitar and so we're finding you know ways to interact and 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 kind of try to be as engaged and normal as possible but i think you know when you take all of that and and the way the world has transformed and the way enterprises are transforming is that i think everybody is is reacting to business must go on and how does business go on and you know we my team and i and at&t and we play a pivotal role in delivering that right whether it is for what we do for public safety to just you know connectivity as the core value proposition during this time to you know if enterprises are shifting to remote workers or home workers you know what does that look like what are the tools technology the capabilities you know, how is the shift of the data and the traffic and if customers pivot to more omni-channel with, you know, online or through call centers, you know, what does that look like? So I think businesses have have really done a good job of readjusting and understanding what they need to do. And uh, it's not just the big ones. I think even the the small business, right? I mean, there are so many small businesses that had to create a online presence and and we have some products and solutions that help people set up some basic websites right and do fulfillment and and you know we saw an uptick on that so i am you know thrilled to see how the business community and how AT&T and how the government agencies you know everybody's working together to get back to to normalcy yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? And um, you know, in many ways, we've rehumanized ourselves. I, I, you know, as you said, there was an early period of, of, I guess, shock that the world had to deal with a global pandemic uh, has come upon us, and and some, you know, some un very unfortunate outcomes uh, as far as the, the human toll goes. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm very excited by by some of the things I'm seeing coming out of what AT&T Business is doing and just enabling new and innovative ways to do business. And, and as things open up again, it's, it's going to become even more exciting that people realize that you know they don't have to go back into the old ways. They can be a lot more agile and nimble. You, uh, you've got both a Master of Science in Industrial Engineering from uh, Clemson University, as well as an MBA that was focused on marketing strategy and leadership from New York University. I think it was the uh, Leonard Stern School of Business. That's an interesting combination of technically, technically a, a deep uh, uh, topic in industrial engineering, but also uh, business-focused things. That, I imagine that must have uh, set you up very well for this uh, exciting role you've got, where you've got to balance the, sort of the, the, the business value proposition and services you're developing with the implementation and, and delivery and operation of very deeply technical network services. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, you know, I recommend, you know, I do mentoring for students and certain other managers and 
I tell everybody, right, that, you know, the engineering background with the business degree really kind of helped me, and I think it'll help everybody. And you see that, you know, becoming more and more um, prevalent. And uh, and the, the, the thing that I always think about is that, you know, the engineering school taught me about solving problems, and there is always a finite way, and there's always an answer. And you know, there is something like perfection, right? You keep at it, you know, practice makes you better and better and better. And when you think about the business school, it teaches you how to navigate through the gray areas because the world of business is gray. And, you know, you kind of hone in and develop your softer skills and you become a general manager and you really start to understand the the drivers and, you know, what is the core of the decision-making and how do you go about it? So I think the combination has served me very well and I enjoy what I do in my current role and uh, <clears throat> and be able to kind of bring to your point, like I feel comfortable, you know, having a deep technical conversation with the network engineers who are deep in this SD-WAN space. And, you know, by the same token, I feel very comfortable having a C-level discussion on how the technology is going to enable the business, right? And uh, and that sort of you know education and the pedigree helps. Indeed, indeed, and uh, and I think these days it's more and more important to sort of have that that uh, match made in heaven of both the technical skill and business skills for the very reasons you highlighted that you need to be able to have a conversation at board level. You know, I often sort of joke about the idea that sometimes being thrown into a room and handed the whiteboard marker and be told to perform Jedi mind tricks with it very briefly at board level, you've got to be able to, you know, speak at that level very quickly and succinctly and get to the point with people who are very time poor. Uh, and at the other end of the spectrum, you've got to be able to sit down and, and with the same whiteboard marker and, and get into the detail nitty gritty of network design and architectures and talk about the product and services at a technical level uh, from an operational point of view of how it's going to function, how it's going to change the way the business works. And I guess that brings me to to one of the questions I'd like to put to you if we can sort of dive in a bit more detail about the whole topic of, of software-defined wide area networking or SD-WAN. When we think about the big changes we've seen in the last few years, and in particular software-defined infrastructure and software-defined networks, and they, in my mind they go hand in hand because we've sort of moved from physical infrastructure to virtualized infrastructure. Now we've sort of got cloud models where it's public, private, hybrid, and, and, and particularly from telcos and CSPs, those cloud models are being uh, offered as services. And software-defined networking sort of you know, came with that, particularly when network function virtualization became a real thing. I'd be keen to get your thoughts on how software-defined infrastructure and software-defined networking has changed this whole landscape of wide area networks in, in your world. So if we kind of step back a little bit and, you know, we've been on this journey for, you know, five, six, seven years. And I think the transformation was fundamental. It was, you know, ripe as in, you know, we saw the opportunity that as you shift from a hardware centric uh, proprietary kind of like, you know, limited scale to a virtualized environment that gives you the rapid agility and the scale that you're looking at. And now you kind of apply those principles in the networking space, and that starts to give you, you know, a lot of different uh, opportunities, right? So we started with virtualization of the AT&T network, and we've published some of that information, and we've had successful 
you know, journey through that. And we learned a lot and we built the commercial, you know, platforms for our enterprise customers to be able to, to do that. And I think simultaneously, you know, the shift of the, the data flows and the workloads and the movements or the introduction of more applications into the clouds and, and public clouds. And then, you know, the number of data points that are, or endpoints that are generating the number of or amount of data uh, that we see is, is just, you know, phenomenal, right? So we have, uh, you know, 300 petabytes of data, 300 petabytes of data. Wow. Traverse, yeah, traverse the AT&T network every day. So so what, what what's happening is that I think it's kind of like shifting the, the landscape and how the classic wide area networks were being put together that were defined, you know, the customer need or the demand set is is rapidly growing. It's talking about, you know, agility and elasticity and resiliency and rapid deployment uh, to enable business and digital transformation. So I think the the combination of these events over the last sort of, you know, five years really makes the software-defined infrastructure and the software-defined network uh, very, very sort of, you know, fundamental uh, to any enterprise, any business that is going through transformation and the value that it delivers, right? I mean, sort of, you know, I say that networks sort of, you know, fuel the digital transformation. Right. And I imagine, you know, this, when we think about the types of services that we're consuming now, we've moved from, you know, as you said, physical to virtual, virtual to sort of cloud models in our infrastructure and networking environments. But that's also been reflected in what we're doing in our business services, business apps. You know, we're consuming things as a software as a service. So I might use a SaaS-based CRM. Uh, Office 365 has become uh, essentially a software as a service in the cloud and that even though you may install the apps on your desktop, everything technically runs in the cloud. You don't necessarily have to have a physical exchange server on your network, on your local area network, or you don't have to have a backup server somewhere in the back office. It, it all can be done in the cloud. And I guess this is where SD-WAN is, is sort of really coming to the forefront now, that it's integrated seamlessly into the instantiation and creation of new products and services as we consume them on demand, or the, the medium to long-term use of, of new I, I guess, uh, flexible and, and, and uh, you know, terms of service or uh, quality of service across the network, whether I'm in, in, you know, working remotely at home during a pandemic with uh, uh, fixed wireless access or tethering to my phone or some VPN. Is it the case now that SD-WAN is sort of uh, being expected to be in lockstep with those transitions and those big shifts in the types of services we're consuming as organizations? Absolutely. I, I think, you know, the as you mentioned, right, the, the consumption of the software as a service, you know, Office 365 is a great example. The video conferencing platforms that we use are great examples. I have been, it's, it's almost like ingrained, right? They're like expected, right? And with that, you expect a level of performance from the network, the experience as we define. So SD-WAN has become the technological enabler to deliver to that performance, to deliver to that experience. And and it has unique abilities to kind of, you know, take multiple connectivity links that could be wired or wireless and build that resiliency and start to build the elasticity that is needed. It's also application aware. So it knows, you know, what the purpose or the intent 
of the end user or the remote worker or the machine or the interaction intent is and be able to sort of, you know, navigate uh, through the network and be able to, you know, connect it and do it intelligently and do it at scale, right? So it's about sort of, you know, connecting any endpoint, any site to any cloud at scale. And uh, and I think it's it's made a lot of, you know, valuable contributions to sort of, you know, developing software-based capabilities. We see the ecosystem deliver new feature functionality very, very rapidly. And uh, with, the, with the pandemic and the shift of the remote workers or the home workers or people who are going to utilize technology to be, you know, working remotely or working in a mobile environment, you know, you want that same sort of, you know, branch-like experience, right? And SD-WAN is sort of bringing that uh, uh, across the board. And I imagine that, you know, customers are now looking for agility, elasticity, resiliency, like looking for rapid deployment. Uh, they want their networking platforms to sort of move at the pace they are moving and, and more so uh, ever than now than, than ever before with, with the challenges we're, we're dealing with and certainly will be in the future. Uh, when we think about not just the digital transformations they're going through in their their fundamental business, but also just the the, the shift and 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 ways we're having to move around between work from home and you know businesses having to operate out of car parks for various reasons at, at certain times. Um, underpinning all that, I imagine, is with that flexibility and agility and resiliency, and as you alluded to before, I imagine intelligent networks, self-healing networks, must also come, uh, I guess, a focus on security. I wonder if you could maybe just uh, briefly touch on where security fits into the space with the SD-WAN services. So security is, is you know, fundamental, right? And, you know, it's in the design, it's in the blueprint, it's in the construct. Uh, and uh, we often say that, you know, SD-WAN and security is, you know, peanut butter and jelly, right? It goes hand in hand. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'm going to yeah. get that on a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. Uh, that's genius. And, uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a lot of people kind of say, okay, you know, I want to build my SD-WAN network. I want to bring internet connectivity and I want to do things differently. You know, some opportunities for, you know, price cost arbitrage on the links. And then, you know, with that, you have to have, you know, a better security kind of posture, right? The ability to utilize, you know, secure web gateways or have the ability to run security VNFs on the edge of the network next to SD-WAN or even, you know, through a single software image, you know, have the security capabilities and the SD-WAN capabilities and kind of run them uh, in the network, right? So we're seeing all of these models evolve. And I think the other, you know, important it's sort of more a little bit of an evolution where the concept of internet offload right so if 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 i am a customer if i'm an enterprise and i have guest wi-fi which we see everywhere retailers you know banking financial services even you know public locations right there's guest wi-fi at the airport there's guest wi-fi uh, so you have to take all of that traffic and find a way to offload it, right? But you want to make sure it is secure because you don't want, you know, somebody misusing the network and that access for something that is illegal in nature. Uh, so 
having the ability to do internet offload, but also kind of protect the network and protect the end user and protect the capability or the service that you are providing, uh, you know, security plays a very important role. And I think it's starting to converge more and more and more. Uh, you know, Gartner has done some good work and they've talked about, uh, you know, secure access services, Edge, which is saying that, look, you take SD-WAN characteristics and you take network security characteristics and you put all of this stuff together and you deliver it through a sort of, you know, edge cloud kind of an architecture where your branch or your endpoint is lighter and your cloud is heavy. And it kind of goes back to what we started with, right? Is that even the way networking or the networks are being designed is different, right? Because right. you have sort of, you know, cloudification of the network by itself going on. Uh, so exciting times. I think this is going to be you know, a, a great space for all of us to to watch. And I see more and more, you know, kind of blending of the lines uh, in in terms of SD-WAN and, and security. Indeed. And I think, you know, looking at everything that's come out of AT&T Business of late, the thing that's really struck me is that security is literally baked into the DNA of everything that's coming out of the organization as a service. And I guess that's that's been the the, the na nature of the organization from you know my day one of my experience uh, in that is everything that was being designed and everything that was being put into organizations that I was exposed to uh, security was literally uh, you know the first thing on everyone's lips how do we secure this where where are the protections where are the controls I, I'm interested in um, when we think about the AT&T business portfolio of wide area network uh, services and uh, now uh, more recently edge services and solutions. I wonder if you could maybe just talk briefly about where SD-WAN sits within that uh, portfolio of services that you currently offer. Absolutely. So, you know, the, the way we kind of approach this thing is, you know, it's uh, our vision is about, you know, edge to edge, right? So we think about, uh, you know, the, let's start with the underlay. So all of the connectivity, whether it is MPLS or dedicated internet or, you know, IP broadband or wireless connectivity or fixed wireless connectivity, right? So think of all of these as underlay capabilities that, you know, we have done a lot of work with our deployment of fiber and it's very focused on, you know, the scale, right? And the performance and the just, you know, the, the, the volume of data that we want to move through the network very, very rapidly, right? So connection types and connection sizes. And then from the underlay, we get to the overlay, which is where SD-WAN sort of, you know, fits and it talks about the intelligent network and learning about the application needs and what the application wants to do and then traversing and modifying the data that flows over the network to be able to meet the application needs. So this overlay is is dynamic it's it's app aware it's intelligent and the combination of the underlay overlay really starts to deliver sort of you know what we call as you know next gen uh, networking solutions and then you sort of built uh, that and 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 wrap it around with security as we talked about sort of you know security is embedded into the design blueprint of what we offer and then we go a little bit deeper into the edges, right? So you have the edge, which is, you know, your local area networks, or you go deeper with, you know, Wi-Fi services, or you go deeper with SD-LAN or software-defined LAN, or you go deeper, 
into, you know, we see a lot of uh, video surveillance or digital signage or, you know, business IoT endpoints, right? So that edge is exploding, which is, you know, a customer edge, which is, you know, being kind of adding or being added with more and more, you know, kind of data and devices, you know, just a personal example, you know, recently, you know, I deployed this kind of, you know, Wi-Fi mesh at my house and I am the, the CIO and the CSO of my network. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just, you know, once like two days later, I saw like 36 devices, right? 36 devices wow. on the network. And uh, what was shocking was half of them, I did not recognize what they were, right? So my chief security officer hack was like, you know, that's not good. That's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> what are these people doing? <laughs> yeah, so we had to kind of, okay, then I literally had to, you know, sit down and write and, and look at the MAC addresses and try to find out what is it and go, you know, turn things off in the house and see if it was there or not. And then we had to come up with a naming convention and all that. But okay, getting back to to sort of, you know, business. And I think that same problem is, you know, significantly amplified for the enterprise, right? So the edge is, you know, expanding from a, from from an endpoint perspective. And then you look at the other edge, which is think of it as the cloud, the public cloud, the, you know, the hybrid cloud. And now customers want multi-cloud automation, right? So the latency, the, the distributed cloud environments, the ability to, you know, deliver high performance, uh, networking in and out of those clouds is becoming very important. So ST-WAN from a portfolio perspective, you know, very important for us because it allows us to kind of bring some of these things together. We get to sit down and do site typing with our customers to say, your retail stores are going to look this way. Your remote workers are going to look this way. Your hub sites are going to look this way. Your manufacturing plants are going to look this way. You have, you know, warehouses. And all of those site needs are different. The physical, the logical, the, you know, the security profile, the offload of the data. And putting it all together, and that's where I think the this concept of AT&T as a trusted provider, as a trusted partner, right? We We spend so much time with our enterprise customers on, sharing, you know, best practices and sharing what we have learned and kind of like, you know, walking through the blueprint of that transformation and say, look, this step is important, this step is important, this step is important. Uh, so it, it's, been, it's been fun because I think the portfolio has evolved. We are very focused on, you know, making it very comprehensive. We have global reach. We have integrated solutions. We have invested in our managed services where we actually created a, a role uh, within the service delivery team for an expert engineer, right? And, and what we learned was that it was very important to have an expert engineer actually interact with the customer early on and design and know what's in their LAN environment, what's actually happening, what do they want to do at the end of the transformation. So when you are actually doing a test and turn up or a physical site cutover, you know, you're not surprised, you're not learning new things and having 
impacts to the test and turn up. And once we did that, you know, it was phenomenal, it was valuable because the customers want to spend the time on what we need to do, how we need to go about it, and getting that design right and having the knowledge and the ability to be able to do that is, is important. And it's fundamentally kind of like, you know, made the portfolio uh, very successful. Indeed. And you touched on a couple of interesting points there. I just wanted to highlight. I mean, you were talking about, you know, I loved your example of setting up your home network because I think that does reflect directly to what we're seeing in our enterprise networks. So, you know, all of a sudden we turn things on and then devices pop up everywhere. And it's all well and good to find 30 extra devices at home. But when you turn it on in an, in an airport environment and there's 30,000 or or if you're in a, in a shopping mall or some other large space, or even more concerning, I've had scenarios where we've turned on environments inside manufacturing plants uh, or, or sites where robotics are used, such as um, newspapers where robotic uh, forklifts are used to pick up you know, half a ton of paper and put it on a, on a printing mill to, to, to wind away and print and then get cut up into newspaper-sized pages. Devices showing up in those networks are disconcerting because, uh, one, why are they there? And two, what are they trying to do? And I guess more importantly, from a security point of view, how do we deal with it? So it's, it is interesting to sort of relay that personal experience of what were those devices doing at home to what would happen in an enterprise environment. And I guess the other thing that I really liked uh, about one of your comments there was just to reiterate was this uh, integration of, of kind of the edge infrastructure and the virtualization of that now becoming uh, a default part of your architecture going forward overall. And that is the edge isn't now some sort of special needs uh, uh, environment that we, we treat with kitty gloves. It is part of the new normal as it were in the networking world and we've got to uh, you know, adapt to that. And that is, we used to think about our core routers and networks and switches and VPNs and so forth and monitoring. And then we separately worried about our wide area networking and then we separately worried about our edge infrastructure. Now I think, you know, listening to what you're saying there, they, they are all in effect the same thing. There are just different use cases that they get applied to. One of the things that I see regularly come up is this whole challenge of understanding uh, sort of, you know, virtualization and flexible networking, particularly in the, the world of today's telcos and CSPs and, and how those services are offered from the telcos and the service providers, you know, the carrier service providers' point of view, but also how they're consumed. I wonder if you could maybe just uh, talk briefly around what the key benefits of software-defined uh, wide area network services are, or SD-WAN, SD -WAN. Uh, particularly the benefits that SD-WAN offers and then how it's transforming how businesses leverage flexible virtual networking. So I think the sort of, you know, the business value, right, is is kind of created in different ways. And it's, you know, I look at it and say, you know, is productivity gains and productivity important? Is the operational efficiency important? The ability to create new revenue streams important to the customer, right? And and SD-WAN has, you know, demonstrated that uh, it can do a lot of things. But the three things that I like to talk about is, you know, application awareness, right? So now we are getting into a space where the network is intelligent and knows how and what the application needs are and how to treat those applications and how do you, you know, move the data uh, to meet the application's needs. And simple examples like, you know, Office 365 or video conferencing, these applications have certain level of demand uh, that they put on the network and we need to make sure that the network, and in this case, SD-WAN, has the ability to sort of, you know, do that, right? And, uh, 
And one example comes to my mind, which I'll share, is that it was, I think, last year or the year before, I was in Nashville sitting down with a, with a CIO of a very large uh, um, kind of like a healthcare conglomerate, and they owned, uh, you know, hospitals and clinics around the country. And uh, he said, Rupesh, uh, take a guess at, you know, what is the, what is the type of traffic that moves over my network? Like what type of traffic consumes the most amount of bandwidth over my network? And I was like thinking about it and I said, you know, maybe radiology, like big images and X-ray and MRI, because, you know, these are large data files that have to move over the network. And he said, no, he said, uh, you know, we serve hospitals and, and clinics and we have uh, patient uh, waiting areas and, you know, a lot of traffic is Netflix and Spotify and people are utilizing the Wi-Fi networks to kind of like, you know, connect to entertainment while they're waiting for their turn or their service or, or you know. So, so this whole idea that, now I have, you know, mission critical information and non-mission critical, and how do you deal with that, right? So you kind of look at, you know, what can I do from a architecture perspective, right? So AppAware, you know, has the ability to do mission criticality and make it important. And then you also have internet offload or the ability to, you know, take some of the, the non-mission critical or non-important traffic and offload it at the interact. Uh, at, at that site, at that location, you know, guest Wi-Fi being one of them, and protect the site with security, right? So that is kind of one, you know, area of benefit. I think the second one is uh, is more around rapid deployment, right? The ability to deploy sites and branches and locations and endpoints and, and you know, zero-touch uh, provisioning, but also have, you know, orchestration of that, right? Orchestration, instantiation of the policies, of the services, of the of the business needs uh, that you have, you can, you know, translate that into policies and then deploy those policies uh, uh, in a very kind of software-centric way in minutes. Uh, so good example of rapid deployment, you know, we worked with a customer and said, look, you know, I have a uh, hundred or so stores and I want to expand that footprint. I want to go to where the customer is. So we were going to do pop-up stores. So I want to have a pop-up store. I take my you know, merchandise and I go to where my customers are, but I need that to be tying back to the network and I need to do fulfillment and I need to do point of sale, et cetera. So we did a SD-WAN with, uh, with wireless solution, which was basically a kit that had, you know, the, the SD-WAN hardware software connected to wireless connectivity and you go, you set up your pop-up store and you open it up, power it up and it, connects and now that connection is uh, app aware, that connection is secure, that connection is communicating back with your with your corporate network. And just the ability to do something, you know, rapidly is big. And now, you know, during the pandemic, you see, you know, mobile clinics, you see mobile, you know, testing centers, you see, you know, different kind of delivery formats. You are seeing, you know, different use cases of how that sort of, you know, rapid deployment uh, has become more and more uh, material, right? Uh, <clears throat> we had another customer example of, uh, you know, through the pandemic, they said, look, you know, I'm going to have to take, you know, thousands of my call center agents, and now we're going to have everybody 
work from home. So can we deploy, you know, a connectivity? Can we deploy the technology that allows that call center agent to be, you know, as productive as they are in a physical branch, which has a lot of bells and whistles, because that call center agent for that financial services is very important because they are directly interacting with their customers. And you could have a very high value uh, resource like an investment banker or a doctor or a nurse, you know, kind of experiencing the same. So, so the ability to rapidly deploy solutions is the second one. And the third one, I think, is uh, visibility and, and orchestration, right? So having the ability to visualize the network and, you know, knowing what it is doing or not doing or, you know, is my performance of a certain call flow uh, delivering to what my needs are, uh, having the ability to orchestrate you know, the services and be able to deploy those configurations. You know, that is very valuable. I think, again, you know, when we think about software, right, and innovation at the pace of software, it's these kind of things uh, that make it, uh, make it real uh, for the customers. In fact, you've raised a couple of interesting points around the challenges that CXOs face when they think about how they're going to deploy SD-WAN solutions and, and use SD-WAN across their businesses. Uh, I wonder if we could maybe uh, just delve into, you know, from your point of view, how businesses should be incorporating SD-WAN into their networking and technology strategies. With the CXOs, you know, there's it's a multi layer, multi-level discussion, right? You have your cloud transformation, your security transformation, your network transformation, and then your digital transformation, your business process automation. So some of these things, you know, go hand in hand. And I think of, you know, when you sit down and you talk to the customer and you say, okay, what are your objectives? What are your outcomes? Like, what is it that you would like to do? So, you know, customer would say, look, you know what? I, I remember um, this one example, uh, which was uh, customer said, look, you know, I make uh, uh, kind of consumer goods, you know, shoes, apparel, things that consumers can, you know, consume. And uh, uh, we learned that, you know, there was a big uh, soccer tournament in Latin America and, uh, you know, we were not able to get uh, merchandise in time for that, you know, World Cup event or that soccer tournament because, you know, a lot of the inventory was sitting in Asia, et cetera. So you start to think about, okay, you have supply chain opportunities, distribution opportunities, manufacturing opportunities, you know, uh, that are coming up. And then the, the network is now the enabler because, you know, all of these different locations and facilities and how much inventory do you keep where and how much data do you need to move you know, uh, on the network to be able to enable that, et cetera, kind of is very important. So I think the conversation with the customers is let's start with the business outcome, what business problems you want to solve, to then looking at the, the blueprint of how do we want to go about it? What levels of transformation do we want to do? And with SD-WAN, I have seen again and again, right? I mean, I have seen customers really sort of, you know, change the experience, change the game, right? What they are able to do 
in a bank, what they're able to do in a retail store, what they're able to do in a manufacturing plant, what they're able to do in a hospital, what they're able to do in a sort of, you know, kind of a school or a public kind of a location or a government agency. So, so it's, it's not just, you know, one vertical, one use case. I've seen SD-WAN adoption across multiple of this. I have seen SD-WAN adoption even in the SMB market that we support. So if I'm a customer with three locations, you know, then it's important for me because I'm consuming a lot of my, you know, SaaS applications because I don't have a data center, right? So SD-WAN allows me to connect those SaaS endpoints and delivers the acceleration and the experience. So I am able to have a secure uh, interaction. Uh, so we, we kind of look at all of that and, and feel that, you know, you tie your outcomes to your network architecture to, you know, SD-WAN as an enabler. And then, you know, during all of that, the customers always are looking for total cost of ownership advantages and cost reductions. And can I get more by keeping it flat or less, you know, so I think the other enabler of the technology is that it allows us to do that. It's certainly an exciting time. And I, I, you know, I think the thing that I'm hearing from a lot of CXOs at boardroom level down is that on one part, they're finding it a very challenging period with the range of things they're having to deal with from digital transformation and the adoption of artificial intelligence and machine learning and analytics and big data, then the shift to cloud and then the consumption of new services such as, uh, you know, everything from infrastructure and platform and software as a service. And of course, 2020 has brought a whole new range of challenges for, for, from HR and keeping people safe through to just, you know, pivoting. I think a number of things you've highlighted there have given me a great, uh, uh, you know, positive sense of kind of where we're going from a business perspective now to add the value that we need in our core organizational operational space, but also what we can offer to consumers and customers uh, either as a service provider in the telco world or as uh, you know any a small medium or large enterprise in, in any key vertical industry you know transport logistics aviation retail etc that the flexibility and the capability of the new solutions and technologies and the designs we can come up with can move at the pace that we need to uh, you know whether it's during a global pandemic or, or thereafter uh, to, to meet the you know various demand because I think one of the biggest things I'm seeing around the world now is that once upon a time, businesses were disrupted by competitors. I'm now seeing that businesses are disrupted by their consumers and customers who are wanting, you know, different types of service, uh, sometimes more complex services or, or, or rapid uh, reaction to a new demand. And, you know, we're seeing, and, and you alluded to this, I guess, in many ways, in that we're seeing now a, a, a desire and demand from CXOs, uh, teams, to not just get a return on investment, but a reduced time to return on investment and a reduced time to go to market. And I think you know, everything you're talking about there indicates that we are very much there now and today. It's not a future thing. It is current tense, not future tense. And that we can do that today. We can do it with what AT&T Business is making available and your team. And, and I think the key challenge now for CXOs is to, in many ways, reach out to yourself and your team and, and, and AT&T Business as a whole as, as a partner of choice to help guide them along that journey. Because I think a lot of organizations are now realizing that it's ever more critical for them to stick to their core business and be it a bank or a retail organization or a hospital, as you mentioned, and be the best hospital they can or be the best uh, retail uh, business they can and not try and be a telco and leverage the capabilities you have. I wonder if we could wrap up with one final thing then, because you've given us some amazing insights uh, around kind of where we're at currently and how we've gotten here. And I really appreciate that. 
As a final question, uh, I always like to do a little bit of crystal ball gazing on my guests. So, uh, Rupesh, I wonder if I can hand you a virtual crystal ball as a final question and uh, get you to gaze upon it for a moment and, and uh, you know, give us some thoughts around uh, what you see in your view, uh, what's on the horizon for SD-WAN over the next 12 to 18 months, because I guess there's two parts of that, isn't there? There's, you know, return to the new normal, which in my view is what we're currently doing today anyway, uh, as we sort of ease out of this pandemic experience. But also uh, beyond that, uh, sort of you know, traditional uh, business and techn technological uh, operational needs. Uh, in your, your view, if you gaze into a virtual crystal ball, what's on the horizon for uh, SD-WAN over the next 12 to 18 months? <clears throat> so that, that pause was, you know, me just to kind of be in that uh, world for a little bit. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Rubbing the cloth around the crystal ball, gazing into it, what's coming up? You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's always a big question, but it's, I think it's a great fun opportunity to kind of think outside the, the four dots as it were. It's, I'm really keen to, because you're so perfectly positioned in that you've literally got your finger on the pulse every day of what's happening right now uh, to kind of give, you know, give us a sense of, you know, more importantly, what are the big things that people at boardroom level should be thinking about? What should be on their agendas on a monthly basis that they should be thinking about right now to be prepared for the next 12 to 18 months around SD-WAN? Right, right, right. So let's start with you know a couple of uh, you know areas right that I feel are are gonna sort of you know change what we do and how we go about and sort of you know it's revolutionary right so the the five G networks are real right the the latency the ability for speed etc so kind of having use cases and the ability to interact uh, with, you know, SD-WAN 5G and the app aware and the, you know, dynamic traffic management over those networks, the ability to do, you know, slicing, et cetera, I think is going to be one space where really it's very intelligent because you combine that sort of, you know, software intelligence and, and everything that 5G offers and the combination is going to be very powerful. So that's sort of, you know, one area. Simultaneously, I feel that uh, you know we'll you know we talk a little bit about the the security and SD WAN and the relationship over there. So I think you know that is going to evolve from a technology perspective, and convergence will take place over there. And and this concept of sort of you know securing all the endpoints and applying the intelligence and delivering that traffic and inserting services on the wire is going to be sort of the future and your branches are thinner and your you know edge pops or edge cloud is heavier and the you know the telco architectures are evolving to be more sort of you know cloud networking centric right so we're seeing that as a trend which will continue to sort of you know accelerate because you know we want we want our customers to have you know significantly reduced amount of complexity and time spent on managing some of these things, right? So we need to think about, you know, the, the automation, the, the self-healing networks, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, artificial intelligence and, you know, but at the core of it is about less human time, less human interaction, driving more autonomous behaviors of the network. The network is intent-based, the network is learning what needs to be done, self-adjusting, et cetera. Uh, so we see that as a 
as a future and and how it is going to to evolve. And I think I think you know the the multi cloud and the automation in that space is important. You know, and uh, connecting all of that because I feel we're starting to kind of like you know get ready for how are all these workloads going to be in the future? Because you see this kind of workload shift from the public clouds to the edge clouds. And, and you know, with 5G, you will have even more expanded edge cloud, you know, use cases and architectures, et cetera. So, so SD-WAN security convergence to then driving into, you know, how are the workloads shifting to delivering a, self-healing autonomous uh, kind of experience is where I see this thing going in the next uh, sort of, you know, 12 to 18 months. It's definitely an exciting time for us. And I think if anything, what you've left us with is a sense that uh, the future is very bright. The technology has all the capabilities we need to get there. And more importantly, as a partner of choice, AT&T Business and your team, uh, Rupesh, has uh, well positioned to help uh, organizations uh, of any size, shape and form get through the current pandemic challenge uh, and, uh, and, and you know, make their way into a bright new future, which uh, we're all looking forward to. Uh, I know myself, I'm looking forward to getting back to a bit of travel. I'm also looking forward to uh, actually getting out and having a bit of a holiday soon. But uh, Rupesh, look, that is fantastic. Thank you so much for your time to uh, catch up with us and share so many amazing insights into your role, you personally, uh, what at t Business is doing what the technology around uh, software-defined infrastructure and software-defined networking makes possible. And certainly, uh, as you've just uh, alluded to uh, then, the future where SD-WAN is taking us and what AT&T Business uh, can, can offer in that space. Uh, and uh, look, I can't wait to have you back on the show again soon. Thank you so much for having me. And, you know, exciting times for, for the industry, exciting times for AT&T Business and exciting times for our customers. And, you know, we're here to help. We're here to you know, share what we know, what we've learned, and we're here to serve. So thank you so much for having me.